Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and today we're going to talk to Joel Simpson, who is the president and community designer of To Thrive Together and Sustainable Living. So welcome, Jill, and talk about your academic and work background. Oh, well, it's been varied. What can I say? Um, I would say my, uh, perhaps my greatest qualification is that I figured things out for myself always. I bought, uh, started my first business when I was 17. When I was 19, I just had it in my head, hey, I'd like to own a bookstore. And I raised funds from people who knew me and bought um, a bookstore that supplied the university clientele. And we had at the University of Calgary, uh, the biggest religious studies department in uh, Canada at that point, maybe even in North America. And there were people from all over the world. There were monks from Tibet and, you know, priests from here and I was it wasn't just religion it was philosophy uh and and people we started the first little bookstore where people could bring a coffee and hang out so at that time there was no such thing as the chapters or an indigo uh you had to bring your own coffee from the coffee shop next door but we provided us a social space where people would just gather from all over the world who were taking courses and talk and I think that is, I mean, that's a real root for me of how important community is. Okay, so now we get to the current organization. How did you come up with the name? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. We were going to, we were on our way to a social enterprise, or a social medicine conference um, uh in down in the u.s and we had to have we had to have a project and it had to have a name to submit for this conference so we drove probably as we drove it was like a 11 hour drive we just kept tossing names around uh and i think in the end that two thrive together embodied a whole bunch of principles on different layers um so the sustainable living me we talk about sustainability on more than one level most people think of it as environmental um my background is working with older adults and and bodies and brains and i think sustainability starts at a very personal level making ourselves the best we can be for as long as we can be so we have we have the ability to keep contributing um, for a longer period of time rather than the time that we need to receive care in that. So, yeah, to thrive together seemed like an ideal thing, and it implies, I think, the concept of a circle. So what is the purpose of the organization? The mandate on the broad scale is to... Uh, <laughs> My elevator pitch, because you have to, it's, it's a big project, right? And finally, people will ask that question. So the elevator pitch is that we build, um, we build 
zero carbon communities that combat social isolation as they combat climate change. So it's a multi-gen, it's the, the goal is to build a series <laughs> of multi-generational communities that we hope to be seen as the antithesis of our North American concept of retirement home living. So how big are the houses and how many of them would be in a community? Well, we're just, we're just on our pilot and what, how, how you design is based on what piece of property you're on, right? So we've got nine acres. We have um, 32 townhouses and a community building uh, within each uh, with e within each block of four townhouses. One is designated for uh, a family with uh, young children. It is uh, really important that you maintain multi-generational living and that your neighbor is not the same age as you, is the same age as the person down the block. It has, we need to expand horizons and we have to stop isolating older adults in this culture, sticking them away in special buildings and special communities until they're no longer an inconvenience to us, right? That, that is, I, I think the, the great mandate of this project is to change the way people think about aging. So you must have partners and you must have a team and the issue of funding also plays into this. So talk about those three areas because okay. they're kind of connected. Well, funny, because the other day um, there was a co-housing group that called me from Hamilton and they wanted to know how do you how do you build this team? We have an absolutely extraordinary team of people, right? Uh, like the top zero carbon people in this country, the top wastewater people in this country. Uh, we have teams of engineers. We have three volunteer lawyers, three volunteer planners. I mean, this this gentleman wanted to know how how do you do that? And my answer was you build relationships over long periods of time. Uh, our architect and engineer has been building these relationships for 35 years. You treat people respectfully. You can say, hey, I've got this idea. Would you listen to it? So our team of experts have us put in over eight, volunteered over 8,000 hours to this project. Um, all, and my job is to find ways to help find these people and as a community builder, my job is also to persuade them to do this for nothing for us. Um, and so the team is important. We, you cannot take on a project that is as complicated as building a number of communities, uh, hands-on houses, all the intricate or intricate into <laughs> integrated details. That's the word I'm looking for, and how it all fits together without a team and they need to be knowledgeable right they can't just say hey i've got i'll give you some free labor that's fantastic because we can always use that but we need experts so that's really critical what was your second one you wanted me to address uh funding funding well um we have very little little funding from the um government funding 
we had a tiny bit of um, investment readiness program funding to get the project uh, off the ground. Uh, but our goal is to make this happen without being dependent on a government grants and government funding. Okay, I think you've covered the topic of partnerships, but do you want to add anything to that? Uh, the partnerships are always based on our relationship to other people. So many of the people I'm working with are people that I that that I I had I worked with in my classes and after class I we would talk and we would build this you build community you build community by being interested in other people and when you do need or have an idea that you want to share they're often interested in you. Okay, Joe, you talked about classes. You have to expand oh. on that. Oh, so for the last 12, 10, 12 years, 12 years now, uh, I I took my back, my background also was, I, I spent eight years in a professional dance company. As I grew older, I became fascinated by how our brain connects to our bodies. Just, I'm, I'm looking, I would, if I could do anything on my bucket list, I would go back to university and finish, uh, do a master's in neuroscience because I find that utterly incredibly fascinating because it, um, the, um, there's a relationship to everything in life there. So I've been teaching, I started, I worked for the Alzheimer's Society with the MS Society. I worked with people with Parkinson's and brain injuries and, and uh, on connecting their bodies and their brains through, through movement. So I was, up until COVID, I was teaching like 19 classes a week. I developed um, a program called Fitness for Your Aging Brain. Uh, we just got funding from the federal government to offer that program free across all of Ontario. And I developed, and then through to Thrive Together, one of our other mandates is education about aging. Uh, we also, to Thrive Together, has a grant to offer a series of workshops called Rethinking Aging uh, to all community living Ontario seniors as well. So those two grants start. Yeah, well, the, the programs start in the fall. So my interest is in how we age. Uh, thus, I, went at, I ended up going back to McMaster and getting a, my geriatric certificate there. How we age and specifically how our brains age. And our brains are wired for community. Bottom line, if we don't have people around us, we are not going to thrive. Okay, Jill. Three years from today... What's the organization going to look like? Well, hopefully next year, um, we have uh, one, we're working on one little uh, bureaucratic nightmare as always. There's always a bureaucratic nightmare when you're developing something. Uh, hopefully uh, three years from now, people will have been living in their homes for at least um, a year and a half. This afternoon, I'm on my way to speak to um, people approach us all the time with property. I, I've got this piece of property. I, I've lived here all my life. I don't want to leave my property. And what the Thrive Together says, 
let us build a Thrive Together community around you. You stay in your property and we help take care of you. And, and it's a win-win situation, right? So I just want to make sure you realize this has nothing to do with like nursing home, retirement home, care. This is people, uh, a community caring for each other. We're also working with the Lynn to do, um, to have a new type, pilot a new type of home care so that people can age in place and eventually die in situ. So three years from now, I'm hoping we will be um, working on our second and perhaps third community somewhere across Ontario. Excellent. Okay. The website. What is the address of the website? Okay, that is easy. It is 2TO, Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, together, dot org. Okay. to thrivetogether.org. And we have we have a newsletter. We're uh, at the bottom of every page where people can sign up and uh, get regular regular updates on what's happening within the community. So this community has what we call an interest list. Uh, a wait list implies priority and interest list imply it's a much more complicated thing than just first come first serve. People need to take courses before they can uh, uh, actually put a down payment on a home in the community. So we have an interest list that we're taking um, and our, our interest list at the moment exceeds the number of houses we're building in this community. So uh, I, there is definitely a need for a new way of looking at aging and a multi-generational way. Okay, let's talk about these houses just for a minute. How big are they? Uh, these ones are uh, around 800 square feet on the main floor, and they each have a, a they have a loft. So the main all all home everything all homes are fully accessible. We have uh, one of our volunteers is an accessibility auditor who has been disabled for 32 years and can tell you whether that plan is realistic or not. So he's gone through. Uh, so the main floors are all fully accessible. The loft can be converted to a caregiver suite or uh, at some point if people wanted that. Um, then we have a fam the family units, which are three bedroom. They are the same size. So it's about living compactly. And the funny thing is originally the houses were gonna be about 650 square feet. Uh, my husband and I live in 500. So that seemed like a big, a big place. But as soon as we made every single home fully accessible, that adds 160 square feet per home uh, for a turning radius in that. So uh, we went from the, the 650 up to around 800 to make every home accessible. We have uh, within each home, uh, there are, there's, the wall units are, are, are we have, uh, like wardrobes as opposed to closets so that as you age your walls can move and you can change the configuration of your home uh, we have shock absorbent flooring you'd never know it underneath it's hidden underneath the, the floor in all of the areas that are high risk for falls um, and everything is as not just carbon neutral but the interior of the homes is absolutely as as inert and environmentally safe 
as possible. So no toxic, no toxic materials being used. All the wiring is EMF shielded because as we get older, we get more sensitive to EMF and young children are extremely sensitive. So why would we put anybody in a house without shielded wiring, right? Uh, our floors have um, a, a, a flooring from uh, Amsterdam that it's the same formula they've been using for 120 years in this factory. So totally inert. So yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting concept. There's another lady who's into tiny houses, mm -hmm. uh, Sarah Sipkar, who runs an operation where they have what's called an ADU, an additional unit on an existing mm -hmm. property, which is kind of an interesting concept. Uh, we tried, uh, uh, my husband and I tried to put one here because uh, we live in downtown Kitchener, and we wanted to build a, an ADU um, uh, specifically for refu uh, a refugee family from the Ukraine. Bureaucracy. Yeah, bureaucracy wouldn't let us do it because they want to, they zone this for high rises eventually, and that would interfere with their concept. Okay. Yeah, very frustrating experience. Yes, I'm sure it is. But anyhow, we'll find another way. So, Jill, do you have any connections with communities of faith? No, we don't. Um, we, that could be a good source for you to uh, make connections. We, yeah, so there is, um, through Bob's work, uh, that's my husband, uh, we do have, there are connections with because he's designed churches for people and you know he you know you end up doing a lot of different jobs um we're specifically very specifically non-denominational we invite i mean to me the broader the perspective of people and the broader the demographic the better we all are right i mean for your brain you don't want it to, you don't want everybody in your community to think the way you do. You want you want to have all these different backgrounds and interests that broaden your perspectives. And that's a I mean that's a real key to a aging well. That's the problem with retirement homes. We take everybody and we put them into sameness and we treat them as if they're all the same, right? And as soon as you're treated and you become you, be, you become invisible in a sense, right? You're just one of masses. And we want people to be individuals. So will you be working with this community to build community events? To well, we've already been doing that oh. over COVID. We, we've been doing regular community events. Right now we have this very cool community event coming. And if you like gardening, this might be your thing. Uh, we do have uh, some small grants. We are building uh, a micro forest uh, as a carbon sink. Uh, the, so microforest is an intense planting of indigenous species. Our area is just about 25% larger than a tennis court. Um, we'll be planting between 900 and 1,000 trees in that area. And we'll be planting, ideal time for planting is late September, early October. And we're looking for volunteers. So if you go to that website, my email's there. And if you like to plant, 
um, we're having about a three or four day um, tree planting. Yeah. So will, will those trees go into the community? Pardon me? Say that again? Will those trees be available for people oh, in yeah. the community? Well, there's, yeah, there's nine acres. The houses themselves only take up an acre. That leaves eight acres shared between 32 homes. Uh, we have three community gardens. Uh, we have a big wildflower meadow. And right in the middle of the wildflower meadow is this um, community microforest. So everybody has access to that to the rest of the acres they own 132 132nd of it right so it's um it's it's unlike being in the city however it has access to the city within a few minutes right it's 12 minutes to downtown kitchener so is this a condominium yeah or it's a condominium corporation. Legally, legally, it's a condominium corporation. Uh, we looked at co-housing around the world. Co-housing, I love. We say we're co-housing in spirit, cooperative philosophy, but legally, we're a condominium because a condominium has protects the homeowner better than any any other form of housing. Uh, the laws are very, very strict here. A condominium allows young couples, especially who are buying the first home, uh, easier financing. It's easier to get that than it is co-housing. is very hard to get financing for. Us as builders and developers, a condominium allows us um, to get the funding we need to build the homes. So um, co-housing, we we're very much like a co-housing community, except it is individually owned under a condominium under the condominium act so do you have relationships with some of the banks in town actually this is really interesting but we've had banks come to us which never happens as a matter of fact i have a meeting uh, tomorrow afternoon with a bank that came to us because i did a talk or i was part of a panel at the uh, University of Windsor, and on a Friday and on a Monday morning, the bank called up and said, we should talk to you, and we've had one meeting with them. Uh, be, I would say if you were starting a social enterprise, the, the people you must, must, must have on your team are people who understand finances and are able to build out a very convincing business plan Show how you're going to raise the money. Show how you're going to use it. Show the impact and show that you're not going to go bankrupt doing it, right? So we have a, a, a dynamite financial team that came to us through that IRP grant uh, that has done all that technical stuff. We have a really broad board of directors with tons of skills, but none of them was a financial expert. So uh, we are very grateful, and they have continued to volunteer their time and their expertise. This is a year and a half later. They've given us the last year and a half for now, because they believe in the project. So, Joe, we've covered a lot over the last few minutes. I think we better go back and remind people of your website. Okay, so the website is 2TO, Thrive, T-H-R-I-B-E, together, 
to thrivetogether.org. Okay. Well, thank you for your passion and your excitement and your interest in the mature community, not the seniors, the mature community. Mm -hmm. I hate that term saying is is we we look for a better term. We experienced is good. I like experienced. Okay, um, excellent. Yeah, uh, it's it's very hard. We do not have a good term that seniors has been be, has taken that it shouldn't. It should take it should be an elevated status, but not in our culture. It is in others. So we got to change that too. Okay, thank you for your time this morning. Okay, you're welcome.